0: to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. Today's guided meditation is on deconstructing anger at work. And sometimes we find ourselves in a tense or resentful situation at work where we don't like a particular person we've had disputes with them before, or we think certain things about someone for a particular reason or more. It could be our supervisor or manager, someone who has authority over us, our boss, or it could be someone that we work alongside, a colleague, a fellow worker. Or it could even be someone that reports to us, someone that we supervise or manage. And of course, there are other people as well, clients, customers, all kinds of things that happen in the workplace. So if there's someone that you're currently angry with, or someone that has bothered you in the past and you have some sort of anxiety or stress towards, bring that particular example into the meditation. Sometimes we're not often aware that we're angry with somebody. Sometimes it's disguised as being upset, being hurt, being stressed about someone in the workplace. Sometimes we don't register that it's anger. But it's good to pick a person anyway and use them as part of this meditation in order to investigate, in order to contemplate anger, resentment, feeling hurt, and and then apply Buddha's medicine. Buddha's method of looking at how anger is constructed and then we can see how we can deconstruct it. So get comfortable, sit in a nice, easy, easeful, comfortable position but not too comfortable. Make sure that the mind can stay alert and bright And bring that person that you've selected into your mind, whoever this person is that you work with, and bring to mind the situation that arises with them, what makes you angry, upset or hurt. Sometimes it's easier when you are angry because it's so present in the mind. What comes up are the words that loop in the mind about this person. It's like talking to somebody else about the situation and how you would explain it to them. Usually when we're explaining it to somebody else, it becomes so clear and apparent, your justification for anger. So in the case of a superior, a boss, manager, someone with authority over you, the words that come out may be, along the lines of, my boss is harming me, this person with authority is harming me. So it could be that they've had harsh words with you, they're impatient, they haven't been fair, they denied you something, you didn't agree. You butted heads over something that was a workplace matter. They're sabotaging you. You're not happy with them. You don't agree with them. Maybe you don't even agree with the people that side with your boss, your manager. part of the story that comes up is they've done this before these are the other scenarios and situations in the past where they've done the same where they've hurt you been firm with you argued with you, sabotaged you made it difficult for you and so When you hear yourself talk like this, you can see the justification that you're making for even how it's happening now. So spend a few moments bringing that to mind. Whoever it is who's the example, it may not be a boss, it may be a colleague, it may be someone who reports to you or somebody else. But look at how the justification, the reasoning, the grounds for your anger come to arise. And really crank it up so you hear it. And now that that example is really present in the mind, we can now look at how to deconstruct it. So in this story we're telling ourselves about why we're angry, our rationalization, even that righteous feeling for being okay with being angry with the person, being resentful, our justification for being upset, Look for the sense of permanency that we're assigning with this person. Look at how we may say, they've done all these things in the past, and they're still doing it now. In fact, the reason that they're doing it now is because they've had it in for us from the the very beginning. So when you find that permanency, you know, almost like the argument that you're pulling together, why you're angry with this person, what you would tell another person, what you're telling yourself in your mind about this anger that you have, look for the sense of permanency. look for, they told me off in the past and they're always picking on me now. They never listen to me, they always cut me off. They never give me the opportunity, they've made their mind up about me. They won't give me the pay rise, they've had it in for me. They're always abusing me at work. They're always taking over my work. They're always sabotaging my work. The words that we use are like always, never. That's how we assign permanency. Those are the words that you're looking at. So when we investigate, the question we can ask ourselves in any of these situations is, is that true? Are they always like that? Do they never give us a chance? Do they never support us? Are we so sure that what we've labeled them is true? So, for example, have they helped us before? In the case of a manager or boss, have they given us the job in the first place? Have they ever given us a pay rise? Have they ever given us a promotion? Have they ever nominated us for an award at work? Have they ever given us a voucher? Have they ever given us a day off? Have they ever given us a kind word, praised us? So you're looking for something that makes the permanency not true. So from the inception of where you think they did you wrong in the past, they've harmed me before, till now, that they're harming you now, you ask that question, has it been permanently like that? And usually what we find is there are lies in what we tell ourselves and even what we tell others, because no person is always doing you wrong. No person is always in dispute with you. Not really. When you investigate, you see, yes, the person has been kind, had a, had a kind word to say to you. you know, even if you think you're angry with someone, this person does say good morning to you when they see you. Or they may help you out. In a difficult situation where you've forgotten. They might have backed you up when it was needed. They might have been generous. Maybe not particularly with you, but with a group of people at work and you were included. Things like that. It's good when we're angry to really investigate And do something to dispel the strength of the anger, at least to begin with. And when you start seeing certain faults in the way we think when we're angry, when we're imbued with anger, how we construct it, when you see these little holes, these cracks in the formulation of our grounds for anger, It makes it easier to deconstruct it, that the person is not really an enemy, an abuser, uh, someone that makes your life difficult, and their sole purpose of living is to do that. Sometimes we feel that way. But it's not strictly the, the case, so we can't change how other people behave, how they think about us, and all that. You know that that is another person's situation, their mind, their their actions with body and speech. But what you can do through this meditation is get to the root of how we construct anger and make different choices when you see certain truths. When you clean up the mind with this defilement of anger, it has this way of cleaning it up. Even on the other side, it loosens the grip of it. We are all connected, even in defilements. So you can't work on another person, but you can work on yourself. And the other thing you can ask yourself is, maybe I don't know everything about this person's situation. Maybe they have difficulties at home. Maybe they're stressed with their workload. Maybe they have difficulties with other people at work. And maybe when you can see another person that you feel anger or resentment or upset with, you can open the mind and the heart to compassion, kindness. Maybe the conditions are challenging, difficult, not just for ourselves but for others. Maybe they have relationship issues at home. Maybe they're battling illness. We don't know many, many things. So why harbour anger? Maybe we can loosen that grip. And we certainly don't want to think that this person is going to harm us in the future. Maybe sometimes that's what we're anxious about, what we're fearful of. When we're imbued with anger, we're very protective. And unconsciously we think, oh, they're going to do it to me in the future. Can't bear with it. But if you deconstruct it by looking at this permanency, this assignment of permanency that we give, to why we're angry with people, the stories that we link together. And if we can deconstruct, you know, the cracks in this story, then there's no need to think that they'll harm you in the future. And if anger is deeply embedded, then you'll find that you'll get angry with this person for no reason at all, even how they look at you, just one small word. Maybe if you think they're ignoring you, but they're busy. That means anger's got to a point where it's just boiling over, that you haven't looked at it, you're carrying a lot of resentments. Your name-calling. You're labelling this person in a particular way. And so it's very good to look at it before it gets to that point. And if it's at that point, then this meditation really helps to examine why it got to that point. Whether it's necessary, whether it's true, whether you can reduce, remove. Remove the weight of the reasoning behind the anger. So when we're angry, the mind's very tight, tense, heavy. And when we deconstruct it, take the time to notice what that's like when you really appreciate what the Buddha is saying about this permanency, how we lie to ourselves about it, how it's not strictly true, some of the things we say to justify our anger. Notice the difference that the mind lightens, brightens. Feel some relief from relinquishing, abandoning, giving up the defilement. It feels good not to be so mean hearted, to not have this inner hate towards somebody. And with a purified mind, you can see a lot more. One of the most important things that one can see with anger is how it can escalate. If we don't let go of anger, it becomes hostility. That's where the name calling comes from, the labeling, the grudging. When we have deep-seated anger, it becomes a big grudge. We can't stand that person. We dislike them immensely. We have all these labels for them. They're mean, they're hurtful, they're abusive. They're harsh, they're unfair, they're hurting me. And they're my enemy. We don't often recognize when we're angry that we have all these enemies in our mind. And so from this place of hostility, our mind gets divided. We put those enemies into the dislike bucket. And in the workplace, it becomes a bit of a a war zone. You can hear yourself at times recalling to your mind where you talk to colleagues about the person you don't like, the person that you're angry with, resentful towards, stressed about. And literally what you're saying is, so-and-so is harming me and this is the reasons why. This is what they did to me in the past and this is what they're doing to me now. And please agree with me. Please support my cause. Maybe we don't say please support my cause in those reasons. But if they're your workmate or even a different manager or something, you're looking for someone to back you up. Reinforcements. So work can be a war zone where you don't recognize it, but because you're looking for... Someone to join your army. And of course, these reasons you might think the person that you're unhappy with is racist, sexist, prejudiced, biased, all those things that you assign. even sexist, all kinds of reasons. And then you look for people to join with you, knowingly or unknowingly. And so divisiveness comes. Divide and conquer, divide and defend. And so when that happens, the mind is polarized. This is right and this is wrong. What you lose sight of what we all lose sight of is really that we are all human beings. We don't have all the information about each other the financial stresses, the stresses in the home, the stresses with the you know, extended family and friends, other issues. We forget about Dukkha. life is dukkha, living birth is dukkha. We forget that you know, old age and sickness is Dukkha. We don't know what each other's circumstances are are at, where they're at. But we're all subject to the same things. And we know it's it's not good. When it comes down to the crunch of old age, sickness and death, it's it's not good. Even our ripening of Kama in, in our lives, it's, be very challenging and so we don't see that when there's divisiveness we're just right on the permanency of the issue this person has harmed me in the past and they're harming me now and if i don't watch out they're going to harm me in the future if i don't defend myself i'm gonna be harmed in the future and so stinginess kicks in stinginess about these ideas that we're breeding in our mind that we're right and that person is wrong. Stinginess of our clans: who is with us and who is not with us? And that person is definitely in the other camp, not with us. And then when it comes to reputation, you know, you protect it very fiercely. I'm, I'm right. You know, I'm I'm in the right, and I have all these qualities, and my work is good, and so on and so forth and that person is challenging that so there's a lot of stinginess and protectiveness that comes in there's a lot of boundaries that you're protecting in this particular war zone at work and even when it comes to things that you have you may not want to share with them you bring something to work to share for morning tea you hope that they don't get the opportunity to share in it. You prefer other people to have it. And if they offer something, oh, you, you don't want to take their thing. And if something's happening externally, well, you don't want to invite them to the, to the event. You want to exclude them. And if they're going, you may not want to go. Things like that. But deep down... Where it ends up is, when you're telling your story and you're gathering reinforcements, inherently we can't help but exaggerate. This is where the deception comes in, that we use those words, that person is always like that. When we label someone as mean, harsh, abusive, there's an exaggeration because we can't be sure like that. They're always like that, not just with ourselves but with others. So, when we compel people with our words in this way, there's a meanness to it, a cruelty. And maybe we're even being unfair. And sometimes the same things that they may, we may think that they think towards us, like prejudice, bias, sexism, racism you know, all those things, ageism, all those isms that might have entered into our grounds for anger, we might be assigning the same thing back to them. So if we think they're prejudiced, well, inherently we become prejudiced back. We become quite biased. And so there's a deception in this whole construction of anger and how we breed these mental stains, mental defilements. So it's really good to look at it, you know, see these links and pull it apart. When you really see it, the mind actually can release. It just naturally abandons the defilement. It goes, why am I doing that? It's terrible to do it. What am I doing to a fellow human being? Maybe it's not all true. Maybe I can stop doing that and it might improve the situation. But at least in the meditation, you can release it. You can find some way of releasing the stress, the anxiety, the anger, the resentment, even the rage towards somebody. And know that you don't want to escalate it at the very least. we know from having looked at mental stains before. If we realize that they're unwholesome, they don't make the mind happy, it's very difficult to concentrate, there's no brightness in the mind. When we do give them up, And we give them up with wisdom by looking at these things that the Buddha asks us to look at. The mind eases. Becomes more spacious and bright. Right view enters. We're all in the same boat. We're all subject to birth. Aging, sickness, and death. This bigger predicament equalizes all of us from the petty things, the niggly things, things that we make bigger than what they are. The bigger picture enables us to see that. And to deepen that further, if we hold up the mirror, if we say to ourselves, We don't like anger, hostility, divisiveness, stinginess, deception. We don't like to be on the receiving end of that. We would do anything to avoid that. Then it makes sense that we don't wish to harm anybody else cultivate those kind of mental states to anybody else. So we can be grateful to the Buddha for sharing this deep Dhamma with us. To encourage and remind us That there are these tools we can rejoice in. Having chipped away some, maybe a little more of the anger, maybe in some cases all of it, that in this meditation, it's, it's no longer there. And there's a real brightness to the mind. Really sit with that brightness, expand it. We are all brothers and sisters in birth, old age, sickness and death. That truth is a very strong one to overcome defilements. So we can end the meditation here. Let's share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from anger and resentment and stress. Blessings of the Triple Gem. Wishing you all well. I